Welcome back, everybody. Um, this is uh, the, the the Vine Council podcast. Peace and greeting from the sign of the rising sun. This is Monque. And this is Stefan. And we're back at it with episode 51. Yep, yep, that's it. So, yeah, we're back at it. I um, hope everything has been well for everybody, you know. Um, hey, I've been, hey, you know, it's we in September. You know, we in September through, you know, 2020. And I'm sure everybody's been feeling the same energy. Um, we just got to stay vigilant. Um, but I guess I'll just come back with a recap of how I've been since the last podcast. And, you know, for me, basically... I'm continuing to, uh, you know, work in the ICU and just try to build on, build on myself and try to c- continue my path forward, ba- basically, and uh, you know, not let the current situation at hand control my mentality, basically. Um, and we got, we do have a lot to talk about, uh, but. You know, not much going on with with Monquay. That's just a just a brief update about myself. So, uh, how's everything been for you, Stefan? For me, I've just um, been just been trying to uh, to stay productive. And since I've since I've been working from home, it's just it's just about me trying to. Um, trying to also stay active and stuff instead of, you know, just uh, sitting down all day on my laptop, try to remember to go out when it's nice outside and, you know, go for walks or go for a jog and um, just keep moving forward, man. But, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of stuff. It's just uh, a lot of things that be, that be keeping me kind of grounded instead of moving. You know, like um, this, this over this uh, holiday weekend, I've just been watching TV shows, uh, watch watch the movie, and you know, Take Two Sports got me again. You know, um, <laughs> I decided to go get. I decided to get the new 2K. The reason why I decided to do it is because it was pretty much a t- um, a two for one deal. Uh, you you buy the game now for the current gen and you get the a free version of it for next gen when that comes up. So I decided to go and do that. And I've been playing that shit, you know, just, um, I've, all I've been playing is my team and they had to do like hot fixes. Well, a hot fix to the shooting because nobody could shoot. The, it's just, the game's been out like since Friday, people have been struggling with shooting. Like I've seen, I've seen pictures of people uh, shooting, like in the park, literally shooting like uh, like six of thirty six from the field and shit. So they had to do a hot fix because so many people were complaining, and now people are saying it's too easy to shoot and stuff. And you know, it's always it's all about finding a balance, you know. And um, I, I find like outside of just that. You know, the the stuff I've been watching, it's been some interesting things. Like, one of the things I was watching uh, was this show called Dark on uh, Netflix. And it's all about um, time travel. 
and about the beginning being the being the end and the end being the beginning and i don't i don't want to go into further details about the plot because for anybody that might actually watch it you know that it'll be a huge giveaway but just know it involves time travel and it's very complex um the storyline is very complex but um I just th- I just been thinking about that a lot. I was thinking to myself, like, man, you know, I don't really believe in like a beginning or an ending um, to life. And I was just thinking, like, would I be happy if I were to die today? Would I be happy with what I've accomplished in my life? And I feel like I feel like that would be a yes and a no because I just got like a. I just did a registration with my alumni for the alumni thing for uh, my, my the grad school that I decided to go to, uh, which was Gardner Webb, um, and I, I'm going to be. I, I gave like my voice to the audio, the audio alumni book. It's the first time they've ever done that for this the school, and I, I told them why I chose that program and why I was a part of the school, uh, decided to come to the school and I broke it down, was going into how, like, I'm the first person in my family uh, to have, like, a master's degree and how both my parents didn't go to college and stuff and how it would be important for me to to start, to leave a legacy behind. so I, you know, I, I, that's why I say yes and no to if I were to die today, would I be satisfied with what I've done? And I would say yes, and the no part of that would be because I'm still young and I'm still evolving. I'm, you know, still there's still a lot to learn about this world, and uh, there's a lot that I want to do in terms of uh, world building. You know, like that, that's like a popular phrase for like shows and movies where they develop like uh, area, develop like the character development and stuff. There's a lot of world building that I want to do. Like I want to go back and uh, I want to buy like a lot of land and stuff and <clears throat> build upon it. Like I seen an article this past week about 19, 19 black families in Georgia buying like over like 50, 60 some acres of land and they're starting like their own like town pretty much in that area they're building it from the ground up uh in tombsboro georgia if i'm not mistaken and um i just thought i found that to be very inspiring and that's something i would want to do moving forward something big like that and uh yeah man it's just just growing dude it's just growing man like uh, another show I was watching is uh it's called Lovecraft Country, and it's pretty much about th- these uh black people living in the 1950s during the Jim Crow uh, era, and uh, it's about like th- this main character. Uh, his name is Atticus Freeman, and he's going to look for his father because he's been missing for a couple weeks and they're, they're from Chicago. He's coming back from the military. He was a part of the Korean war. And uh, so he's going through that, you know, like PTSD and they go out on this road trip. But back then they had to have the green book with them, you know, because back then in those days, 
black people had to have a, a green book because of the sundown towns where people mm-hmm. would uh they would kill you if you were there after sundown and they put that into the show like the first episode if anybody wanted to check out the show i definitely would say at least watch the first episode because it is very intense when they they uh our face met their face with a, a sheriff from another county um, telling, giving them like five minutes to get out of the the the, uh, the area, and uh, they couldn't drive over the speed limit, or he was gonna pull them over, and they they had to like you know book it, and and it's so much to it, but it's that it, that's only one aspect of it because there's this show also deals with monsters, you know, creatures from another, you know, from like um, I don't know if I yeah like another world or whatnot, and. You find yourself watching it and like, you know, the creatures, you know, they not they at first you might you might get one like jump scare or some shit. But it's like that's not even the scariest part. It's like it's the racism. That's like the most intense thing about the show is like the racism. Um, And it, it's a really dope show, man. You know, and, I, and, and what what I find so interesting about it is that the person that this is based off of Lovecraft Country, uh, Lovecraftian Horror. Jordan Peele is a executive producer on this. Um, Lovecraftian horror. It's like this out of out of world type of horror um, book, like uh, writing that was done by H.P. Lovecraft, a famous novel, uh, a famous writer from like the 20th century. Uh, you know, he he wrote a lot of these stories about horror depicted in such like grandiose type of way out of this world type of creatures coming to earth and destroying it and stuff. And he was a racist. You know, he was a huge racist. Like he had a cat in one of his stories. He called the N word man. He was a huge racist. And I find it funny. Now I find it ironic that, you know, this show Lovecraft country is based off of a book of the same name by a man named Matt Ruff, but it's inspired by HP Lovecraft. I find it interesting that pretty much the the cast is predominantly black. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So I wonder how he would feel if he got to see that today. But um <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, man. And uh yeah, man, I, that that's that's what I've been up to, dude. It's just like I, I I also I love just like getting like lost into like films and TV series, you know, cuz I see the parallels to real life and a lot of it. And uh yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. You know, it kind of flipped the script on them. Um, <clears throat> but I've been hearing about Lovecraft Country, um, and it, it sounds kind of it, it sounds profound with the times that we're in. You know, um, I wanted to you mention, also say, uh, before you go go in on on that. Let me just add to that one one point. The series is an anthology series. That might turn a lot of people off because it's not a it's not a, a linear story that's happening. It's like each episode is a standalone episode, but there's an overarching story that's being told, and it, it all it connects all it all connects, but it's different. Each episode is not the same. And I wanted to t- say there's a one part uh, um, that we there's one part in episode two. Uh, that we've kind of discussed before and it's about the the power the the power that we have you know as like melanated 
like individuals and that power being used we're being used we're like the the power uh like the train conductor and our power is our energy is being used to 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 um to expand for these these, these devils to like open doors and shit to like open other realms they touch on that in episode two and i i thought it was crazy i was like yo this is the same type of stuff we were talking about you know like years ago about like how we're being used to to open shit like to open doors to another worlds and stuff like that and i just found it interesting that they put it in the show but uh yeah you can continue i was just saying um i i heard you um spoke on jordan peele you know um having some influence on this and you know all I was going to say is you know it's it's no it's no surprise that it's it's complex and you have to really think about what is being uh produced yeah yeah for sure for sure um yeah a lot of his work a lot of his work he's done has been uh complex and I I think it's dope that he's put so much of a spotlight on you know on black people in particular you know and not really a negative connotation on black people but he's putting them in like uh roles that they can shine in and stuff and he's he's putting he's putting stuff in there to where people you got to look deeper to understand it you know um with these movies and stuff with like how we talked about um us and how that was groundbreaking and how some people just try to classify the movie as like a, a uh, like a comedy when really it's a it's a horror film, you know. And it and it fe- it felt so real because you can feel those elements in everyday life, you know. It felt real to us. Um, it's, based, it's based on realities for certain people, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like Get Out. So and, it's horror. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's yeah. So it's horror, and um. And coming from a dude like him who came from a background of doing like sketch comedy and, you know, he's kind of got that Oreo, Oreo stereotype around him. Like he's, he, he comes off as, I guess, corny and stuff. Like he doesn't seem like he's down with the cause and shit, but the shit that he's producing, it seems like he's really, he understands what's going on. You know, same as like Donald Glover. And then there's people that say that they might just be doing it because it's a trend right now to be woke and whatnot. That could be the case, but I think it's interesting that they are going this the route with the projects that they're, they're putting out for the masses and stuff. So I find that we're in a real interesting time right now, for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, um, <clears throat> kind of off topic, one thing I want to you know, add on is I feel like the temperature just changed overnight, man. This weather has been amazing this weekend, like at, at the right time, too. Yeah, it has. Right it has been like uh, cooler. I've known for sure. I'm, so I'm thinking maybe we'll be get, uh, getting like an early fall this year. Yeah, you know, this is. Uh, I feel like we're probably about to have a good month and a half of temperature, like weather wise, some really, really, really good weather, like. Some real good weather, the best weather that we've had in a long time, you know. So, get the last little cookouts in. I know it's been 
a lot of kickouts this weekend. Everybody, you know, stay safe and be responsible. Yeah. Um, have fun. Have fun. You know, enjoy this time off because, you know, it's still going to get real. You know, every day we're getting hit with new shit left and right. Um, who knows what the hell we in? You know, I ain't even, I ain't even going to even speculate. But we know this is this is some trying times for everybody. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it always be like this, but I feel like, you know, it is going to kind of heat up a little bit longer and it's going to be a little bit harder. Um, and we just got to stay strong, you know, heading for the next few months to at least a year or two, I think. Yeah, I seen a, I, I saw a meme like not too long before we uh, started recording where somebody was like, uh, when you realize, when you realize it's a well, hold on, let me let me actually, because I got like my my Twitter open, because I, I like the the like I like the tweet, so let me uh, read the actual tweet because it makes a it makes a lot of sense for what we're uh, going through right now. If I can get this open. But it's interesting to see how, like, he, um, this year has played out. Because I was at the top of the year, a lot of people do resolutions and stuff. And I think we even mentioned that on the episode we did, our first episode at the beginning of the year. And we was talking about what we what we hope for for this year and moving forward and you know, it's about just reaching goals and stuff, you know, our personal goals and whatnot. And I'm still working on working towards mine, but you know, we hit like a, hit like a a bump in the road, but you know, some, some minor setback for a major comeback, you know? And, uh, the, the meme is, uh, when you realize COVID COVID is still going to be here in October. And then it's got a picture of like, uh, these two cartoon ducks in like Halloween costumes and they're sitting on the sidewalk and they're just looking depressed and shit. And it's, it's, it's crazy, man. Just to think all the way back in March, people was like, man, this shit will be gone by like June, July, you know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll have the summer, summer about to be over with. And I've just been inside all day, every day, haven't done much. And now here we go. It's, it's, we're in September, and this this shit's still going on. And October will be here before we know it. Stuff is starting to open back up, though, slowly, but surely. But I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of hard to tell how long this will affect us moving forward. So yeah, I, I just thought that that was um, interesting because how so so uh, so many people were so. Um, they felt so good about it, everything being over by like July, August, but we're in September and we're still dealing with stuff. You know, it's interesting because it's it's, it's kind of as 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 it as it went on, it's getting it's gotten more political, and you know, I think we can all agree that if it ain't with the thing that's going on, 
something's coming up on the horizon that's going to be like a nuisance to all of us. And I, I truly think, you know, it may be another wave of, of this bull of, you know, the CV or whatever. Or I don't know, something something's going to just kind of just fuck up, you know, the early parts of the fall. Because, man, this, this weather, man, I ain't going to lie. This weather, I love this shit. Like, this usually is my signal every year. You know, this is my time right here. And I'm just looking like, damn. It's about to be the best time to open shit back up and to have a good time, you know, to do anything you can imagine because you can cook out right now. You can go to the pool. You know, you can go to the concert. Like, this is the best time of the year. This is the best time of, like, the summer, all this shit. Everything coming down to one to one point. And, you know, I just feel like it's all going to get shit on because, you know, we got to deal with, you know, I guess this virus or whatever, you know, which I think is, is actually become a very political. Um, so, you know, I guess uh, uh, we're dealing with a new normal too, but it, this ain't really the normal. This ain't really the, how I don't think it's always going to be like this at the same time, you know? So I, I just feel like this is some shit that we dealing with right now that, you know, we, we, we have some, we have some interesting times, you know? It's, it's it's not it's not consistent. It's, yeah, it's, everything's changing. Now, you know, everything's changing. It's no, it's no, no, it's no norm anymore. And it's all based on the astrology too. You know, Pluto he that planet would change a lot of the norms in your society. You know, the the the, the generational just how society set up. Pluto would transform it. You know. You know, I, I think we all are, are seeing it and feeling that. You know, so for sure, I don't think. I, I, I mean, I ain't mean to cut you off. I, I just, you know, I, I don't think this. It's gonna always be like this, like I said before. But shit, it's crazy that we are still really talking about this. It's September. I mean, we made it. We, we in September, man. Damn. Yeah. We. Were, I didn't really. I, I I really thought from the beginning that it, it was going to kind of be some shit that was going to at least go through the winter, you know, because of I work in the hospital and I know how how big flu season is, and I felt like if we didn't cut that cut this shit off by like May, June, then this is something that would easily f- spill over into the winter and would at least make the winter shitty because the last couple fall uh, flu seasons and in, in the fall and the winter have been real shitty. You know, and I just didn't see this one being any different. So, but you know, I think I think it's got it gotten really politicized over time. You know, and I think at this point, what I've thought before is actually going and is, is actually happening. I think everybody's getting tired. Everybody's getting tired. You know, everybody's kind of understanding that. I guess what's going on is deeper than what we really thought. It's deeper than the virus. I guess you know the shit is real. Let's not, let's not, let's emphasize that it's real, but you know, like I said, it's gotten politicized and I think, you know, we're, we, everybody's getting tired, man. Cause even when I'm out, I feel like everything's still opening up, even though I'm seeing the news and these government, the governor's putting in mandates to shut shit back down at 10 o'clock and, um, you know, to have all these different mandates that, you know, they put in place before. I just feel like this time around, we're not really accepting it as easy as we were before on a collective, you know, on a, on a collective scale, like 
every time I go out, I feel like it's more people out. Yeah. It's uh, it's more people questioning, you know, the mask mandates. It's more people questioning why medicines are, like, not just questioning, you know, mandates, but questioning everything. Like, why my medicine costs this much? Or, you know, why, like, everything, man. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. And it, at the same time, it's, uh, it's, it's, torturous i guess having to deal with this with this type of pain because i'm hurting i know everybody else is hurting too because once again we didn't really expect it to have this type of impact this long so to say that you're not feeling some type of pain right now you're lying you know because i know we're all feeling some type of pain related to you know the situation at hand you know i know we all are true true um but yeah, it's just something we'll just uh we'll just keep moving forward with, you know, uh just just people just keep doing what they're supposed to do. Um I feel like over I feel like over the next couple months I feel like the numbers will go down and uh a good amount, honestly, with the more stuff more stuff opening back up, you know, people gaining like the state governments gaining confidence in people to do the right thing. I think the numbers will start to go down for sure um, at a good amount. Um, but I, I, I didn't want to stay on that for too long because I wanted to keep moving just to try to, I guess, to lighten the mood and stuff. But um, I, I saw a video. I saw a video earlier. It's of uh, um, Andre three thousand from Outcast, and like it's a video of him. He was he's just walking around. I don't know if it was like at a gas station or something, but somebody took a video of him, and it's only like a, a small, like maybe like ten seconds or so. It's just he he comes up and walks up to this dude, and he's got like this big ass flute in his hand. And he's got like this this long ass like his afro kind of like sticks out with like the gray hairs and stuff kind of looks like Frederick Douglass almost. And he just looks super happy, you know, and he's got like a fucking camouflage shirt on. Uh, and, you know, he looks super happy, you know, and just like carefree and stuff. And people online were saying, you know, he looked homeless and looked like he was like your crackhead uncle and shit. And. I'm just thinking to myself, I'm just like, man, when I saw it, I was like, man, that's, I'm trying to get to that level of just being carefree in life where I don't have to think twice about what it is I'm doing or wearing, but I'm just being me, you know, I'm just being free and I don't, I don't care what nobody else thinks because I feel like everybody to an extent just wants just wants to uh to be accepted you know to be accepted in society and just wants people to care about what they got going on and you can get lost in that uh especially with like being on social media and seeing people like seeing people that you know or that you know of 
with higher followings on certain platforms and stuff and you're not getting as many views or likes and stuff like that. It's not that you're not less important than them. It's just that you don't, it's just that what they're doing for whatever reason, it's got people, it's got more people, people's attention. It could be something trendy that they're talking about or posting about that gets, uh, that gets a bigger reaction, but it doesn't mean what, what you're posting about or talking about isn't, isn't less important at the end of the day. Um, as long as you got like, you know, core people that support you all the time in terms of posts and stuff and not not even every post and stuff like that. But every once in a while, you know, you, you might get a like from this person or a comment or a retweet or something like that. Just as long as you have those certain people in your background, I mean, in your group or your camp or whatever, you know, having a, a strong support system. That's all that matters at the end of the day, man. It's the, it doesn't matter what the masses think about you or, you know, and it, if you got a small following, it doesn't matter if uh, if you don't feel, if, if, if you don't get that, that recognition. Because I know everybody wants to be recognized, but at the end of the day, it's not going to happen for everybody, you know, and you just got to keep moving forward and just being you and not letting this superficial stuff get to your head, you know. Um, so yeah, that was that. That was just something I wanted to throw out there. I saw earlier today, and I thought it was. I, I really and I, I just enjoyed it. You know, I just I saw it and I was like, "Yeah, that's dope. That's dope to see." Man, that's interesting because I've been listening to a hella Outcast here lately. Like the last like month, man, I've been listening to nothing but Outcast. Nothing but outcast, man. Like specifically, like you know the the earlier stuff, like Southern Playlistic, Cadillac Funky Music, and um, you know AT Aliens and yeah, Aquimana, and I I just been listening to it heavy, you know. And I I I really the synergy between Andre Three Thousand and Big Boy, I really enjoy that, that 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 synergy that they have, and you know I just been listening to you know a lot of them a lot of of their message here lately um which you know that's very interesting um he's doing exactly uh andre 3000 he's doing exactly what i would expect you know uh, og to do you know when it comes to how i view him in the game um you know so deep basically that's a that's a deep ass Consciousness being like he's a he's a deep person, especially uh, him and Big Boy. I like I enjoy Big Boy. I, I enjoy you know his his message. You know people always talk about the debate between Big Boy and Andre Three K. And I, I know I'm kind of segmenting a little bit to the side, but I mean there, you know, I, I mean there like, ain't like no main. I, there isn't a main topic. You know what I'm saying we could just go. I, you know I'm just kind of going with the, with with what I you know with, with the outcast topic. I like Big Boy, you know. I think Big Boy flow is is is, is crazy, but you know, Outcast in general, I think, um, you know, with the with that um, with the Gemini in energy uh, with Andre Three K and um, that Aquarius energy with Big Boy, it's it's going to resonate so heavy right now in the times that we in and and you know coming up. Like I'm, I'm telling you, Outcast is. It's about to it's about to reemerge, you know. 
I think I, that's how that's how I'm looking at. It. I, I, that's why I feel like I've been listening to, and they're about to reemerge because the message that I'm hearing and, and what they've been speaking on it was way ahead of its time, dog. Like it really was so far ahead of its time. Like Rosa Parks and AT Aliens, Over the Woods, and all that shit that they were speaking on before. It's kind of solidifying uh, a deeper message, I think. That you know what's going on now too. So yeah. I respect I respect both Andre 3K and Big Boy. Um that's what I wanted to add to what you what you brought up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um It would be dope. It would be dope to see like another album from them. Uh but they their catalog is already so it's already so like um so massive and so impactful that they don't ever have to drop another song uh for the rest of their lives and their their legacy is cemented, you know, and it's important to have people like that represented and still important. It's still still important in today's uh music scene. Cause I mean there's there's people of to of our age and around our age group that talk about things that matter but then you got a lot of the 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 bs too that's getting pushed heavily like i see um like i see like the sales predictions because big sean he just dropped a new album and i haven't listened to it yet but i heard like a song or two from it, it sounded pretty good it's, it's detroit too so if you heard the, mm. yeah if you heard the first detroit then Definitely should look forward to listening to this one. And um, there's a, a six nine dropped the album. And he's supposed to be number one on the charts this upcoming week. And wow. and, and you know it, it's interesting to see. It's like damn, people people online are like, I mean, who's really listening to him and stuff like that? Well, it's a you got to understand that his demographic is what's the biggest demographic in hip hop right now. Yeah. It's it's these uh these kids under the age of like eighteen. A lot of them uh probably grew up with like a silver spoon and stuff, and they're in love with like the culture, and they see this guy that trolls a lot and puts up a lot of funny videos and stuff like that. So they go and listen to the music, and this is what we have. And also with bundling, bundling is something new where. An artist, they'll put like uh, like merch. They'll they'll sell merch with the album to get more album sales. That's a that's a, a huge tactic right now. So that's something that he's did, and many other artists, um, mainstream artists, are doing. So it makes sense. But the longevity though is what's most important. Will this last? It won't last. It won't last. The numbers won't last. You know, for a week he'll be on top, but then nobody cares after that. Nobody cares because he's not that type of uh, artist with a legacy. You know, you see, there's only so far that you can go with a gimmick until it runs out and people don't find it entertaining anymore. And you see people like uh, Big Sean. Big Sean has uh, a catalog to where it's he's not He's not at the level of like an outcast or anything like that, but he has recognition. 
he has uh, talent, and he's he doesn't rap about BS now. He's moving forward with his own stuff. He said after this album, he's he's starting his own label. So, you know, it's it's interesting to see how the people that have something to say do compared to the people that just continue to uh, vulture off of the culture. But I mean, the real, I mean, the real is back though. You know, the real is back and more people are listening and tuned in to people that actually have something to say. Like I look at some of the, um, the, the double XL, like freshmen, like freestyles and stuff. And I'll hear them. I'm just like a lot of these, these new artists and stuff, they don't have a message to them. They'll have like one artist that can really, really rap and say something or two artists. And then the rest is just, you know, just uh, glamorizing materialism and just a lot of derogatory remarks and the lyrics and stuff, which it all has its place. But at the end of the day, I feel that as a society, we're moving past that and more people are getting called out on that, on the, these these types of derogatory lyrics and stuff, you know, um, Cause I like I've said in the past, it's like I think moving forward, as I get older, I'm gonna move past listening to certain types of music. Well, I, I listen. I always would love like uh, hip hop and stuff, and listen to like l- legends and stuff like that. But a lot of the younger cats and stuff like that, it's like nah, bro. It's like I just don't align with that where I'm at right now. I'm in like a different uh, mind state. It's getting weirder and weirder with the music, man. So I don't know how my taste will will, will change, but I definitely know it's changing. I know I'm listening to a lot more like Rick Rick James and Tina Marie, that type of shit. (laughs) So I know the older I get, the more of that type of stuff I'll be listening to, um, along with a lot of our classics that we got going on right now, too. True. Um, like Aston Martin music, man, that shit, I don't care. I don't care, man. Aston Martin music is like our, like, um, that's like, that's our shit. Like our generation, that's what we're going to be playing at the cookouts and shit. With our wives, you know, with, with our with our little honey. Yeah, for sure. We're going to be doing the two-step. The Aston Martin music with Drake and uh, Chrisette Michelle and, and Rick Raw, like, that's our shit. I don't give a fuck what you say. That's our shit. Yeah, that is like art. That that song right there is art. I don't care if you like. Any, I don't even really like Rick Ross. You know he he fake. But when it comes to that that song, the Aston Martin. When it comes to that song, that track, that's up there with like Michael. That's up there with like some shit with that Michael Jackson made. In my opinion, that shit is art. If you really listen to Aston Martin music, like I can't. Yeah, you got to give him that credit. You got to give him that credit, man. It's got Ellie. Every element of a of a song that you need, if you if you listen to that song, you know I can't. It's got every element. Yeah, I, I've always thought that. Um, I've always thought that Ross, Rick Ross. I thought I've always thought that he was a a talented artist. He has a way of um, he has a way of like making you feel his music. Like the type of production that he uses is very uh, grandiose. You know, he's always portraying like this, like this, uh, this mafia type of character in his music. 
And obviously, you know, people know the truth about who he is and stuff like that and his name, where his name comes from. But if you're just looking uh, in terms of just the music, you can't deny that he's got some fire music, man. He's got some timeless music. And just when you, whenever I listen to uh, uh, any of like his records like that, you know, it sounds like very lush and expensive and stuff. And it sounds like some cruising music and sounds like some grown folks type of music, some grown folks type of hip hop and stuff. So, yeah, definitely feel like he his music will last uh, the test of time in terms of stuff I listen to when I get older. But for me, I'm moving more so out outside of the hip hop um like I listen to a lot of R and B, soul, um, blues, uh, like alternative, little some a little bit of rock music. You know, like I'm just like mixing it up, man. Like when I be playing the video, when I be playing two K, it's like I don't really be listening to hip hop like that. I listen to like a lot of mellow music, like relaxing type of music. Like that's where I'm at right now. Like mind state state wise, like. Like I want, I want to go to like one of those fucking Afro punk festivals. Like I want to go to like Essence Festival and be smelling all that fucking cocoa butter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that. That's what I'm on right now. Mm. That, that's what I'm on right now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You see, you see, damn that cocoa butter, bro. Like, bro, it's nothing like, bro. I. Man, like, if we, we talking about women, bro, it's like, the more I look at it, bro, it's like, I love women of all different, like, backgrounds and stuff. And, you know, but, uh, bro, it's just, it's nothing like a black woman, bro. It's nothing like a black woman, though. Like There's something about that, man. Cause like here lately, I've been man. It ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. It, it, it's it ain't nothing like it. Oh, it ain't nothing like it. <laughs> man, for, yeah. yeah, you know you gotta respect it. Respect to the, all the goddesses, you know. So for sure, for sure. And it's like it's like every time it's it's like every time something happens to where. Uh, we're like villainized, like a black man or whatever in the media and stuff. It's always a, a black woman or a, a black goddess that's always there to defend us no matter what. You know, and we can say we can say whatever to them, call them all types of names out of their name and stuff. And they always still ride for us, man. You know, and it's just nothing like it, man. It's just especially when you're in a room. When you're in a room with just like uh, black women and stuff, and it's just it's it's just something you gotta you just gotta experience, man. It's just it's just a different type of energy. Like I know how we we are when we're just in a room. It's just a, a bunch of dudes and shit, and we having fun or whatever, turning up. You know, it's a lot of masculine energy, but you bring in a woman. Into that mix, or bringing like some some black women into it, it's like the best time ever, man. You know, so it's like a uh, balancing of all the energy, basically. Yeah, so I agree. But um, I know you said there were several things you wanted to talk about. Um, 
I've I've been looking for different things to talk about, and there's nothing right like today. There's nothing that I see that happened today that's major or anything. Was there something that you wanted to talk about? I mean, the big thing was just the shifting of the seasons, basically. You know, um, just how how I've been feeling here recently. You know. Not much in the news because I don't really keep up with the lot with a lot of the sports because of course it's, it's it's been sports shit going on but I think all at this point man a lot of that shit has been diminished you know like yeah the NBA finals or the playoffs are going on not the finals NBA playoffs are going on but we could talk about that but I mean I think we all even people watching it we all know it's not the same as it as it's been yeah. You know, that's, that's not the same. Honestly, you know what I was doing all day today with my dad? I was watching golf. I, I shit you not. I was Me and my dad was watching uh, the PGA uh, tournament. Dustin Johnson was, uh, he was negative uh, 18. Damn. Uh, that's crazy. I think I think he ended up winning it. Uh, honestly, you know, I I don't think I ended up watching the, finish, the, the, the ending. But, you know, basically it... <laughs> Mostly, what I what I've been really thinking, you know, the last week or so is just, even though it ain't necessarily been a lot of news going on, you know, it's it's. I feel like it's been more shit, it's mentally going on here recently, uh, with the shifting of the energy than, than anything, you know. Um, I think we all been feeling this, you know. Um, right now it's the time to stay vigilant. You know, because I think we're gonna get it, get hit with another another wave of bullshit. Um, in all aspects of what we can imagine, you know. So markets have been down. <laughs> yeah, markets have been down like a motherfucker. Um, everything has been kind of just out of whack. Ain't nothing been by the book. Nothing's been by the book here this last week and a half or so. Nothing's been by the book at all. Um. Yeah, but I haven't really been paying I mean, much attention to the news either. I mean, I see stuff on my timeline, but it's just like I don't really be caring like that unless it's something major. For the most part, uh, like stocks and shit like that, you know. But other than that, it's, it's not something I've been focusing on. I mean, I've been seeing the sports. I've, I've watched. I was uh, watching like the clips, like clips of. Uh, playoff games and stuff and seeing the news about like contract extensions and stuff like um I saw Deshaun Watson just signed a huge deal with the Texans and I think he's like the second highest paid quarterback behind Mahomes right now and Lamar Jackson is about to get a big payday I think coming up too um, I mean, that's the shit, you know. It's, they all black quarterbacks, too. That's, you know, yeah. I don't know. You know, I... I you, saw, you, saw Cl- you saw Clowney? He, he got... He signed with the Titans. Um, You know, speaking on Clowney, I just... I, I think Clowney is... Great. He's a great player, of course. Um, But, you know, we need Jamal Adams. I was a Seahawks fan. I like picking up Jamal Adams more than Clowney because Clowney, he's not motivated enough to want to win, win a ring. He, you know, he just wanted that. Pay. You know, that's what, that's, that's, what they, that's what they said about him coming out of college, too. I remember yeah. when he got drafted. They said, because uh, you remember that time he, he drove 
to like the game or something. They were making a big deal about that because he didn't travel with the team. And mm-hmm. they were saying that his work ethic has always been in question. It's not his talent. He's got Hall of Fame talent. It's just like how bad does he want it at the end of the day? Is he just there for a payday? And that's what it right now, that's what it seems like. And you know, honestly, this past year as a Seahawks fan, I I don't I wasn't impressed. And in fact, you know, I think this past year with the Seahawks hurt his career. And, you know, I don't really I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't even know that he was even still on the team. Like, you know, I, I like I ain't even keeping up with Clowney because I just I don't even think he was our best defensive player or even our best defensive lineman. Um, you know, Puka Ford was better than him, but you know, anyway. Clowney, I just think you're there for the check. You know, I ain't going. I don't. I mean, he's like a whatever. Would you say he's what like? How you live? Would you say he's like an equivalent to like NBA Carmelo Anthony? Like he just. I don't even think he's he he would. I don't even think he's like a Hall of Fame player. Like at least Carmelo, in a sense, is, is a Hall of Fame NBA player. Yeah. Like Clowney's not even a Hall of Fame NFL player. Like he's not even really that good, in my opinion. Like. He hasn't done. He's mediocre. Like he, at this point in his career, he would be. Besides the physical attributes and what we, the potential. If you look at his career stats and what he's done, he is a mediocre player. He's an NFL starter, basically. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's nothing special about him. Like and see, like that wouldn't be a bad thing if it was just like he was like a, you know, maybe like a. Fourth round, fifth yeah. round draft. Pick. But this dude not only was a first round pick, he was the number one overall pick in the draft. So the amount of pressure that you got to have is like people thinking multiple Pro Bowls, which he's made multiple Pro Bowls. Um, he's a good player. He's, he's a, a good, good player, player, but he hasn't took he hasn't taken that next step. To he's not worth the the price tag either. In fact, you know, we, we probably took a step back because thinking about it, look at look at it like this. We could have had D Ford, who was our Kansas City Chiefs uh D Lyman, who ended up, I think he ended up actually he was top 10, top five in sacks last year. And we drafted him with our one of our first couple picks a couple years ago. Like he's already better than Clown. And it's like we traded him to the Chiefs for some bullshit, ended up picking up Clowney with which with a bigger contract and Clowney don't even really, like he's just there for the paycheck really like, cause physically, physically we ain't seen nothing like Clowney. And like, we, no, we see, no, we, see, <laughs> we no, ain't seen nothing bro. like it. He's he showing the flashes. Freak of nature, bro. He's showing the flashes, but he ain't consistent. And like, honestly, but it's the NFL. Like we ain't got time to sit up here and like, sit up here and wait on potential when we have players like well, Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. Well, I was about to say, I don't know, y'all, looks like y'all waiting on a little bit of potential because y'all, uh, y'all about to re-sign Gordon again, Josh Gordon again. Man, that, you know, and I, that, that was kind of going back when we was, when we was uh, talking a little bit more spiritual about the sports. Man, like, I don't understand that shit. As a fan, I don't even get that shit. I don't understand why the fuck they even signed this motherfucker. Like, that mean that's some it's some gematria or something going on with that shit because Josh Gordon shouldn't even be in the NFL. Yeah, he's had so many chances to, to do I right. I mean, I know it's just weed. I know it's just weed, but if they make that, if, if it's their league and it's a big deal in their league, why are they continually signing them, man? Yeah, you know, this goes back to what I was saying before, or what we were speaking on before. Devon Council was speaking on this before. Certain players are there just to make headlines. 
And I think he's one of them. Yeah, he's uh he's one of the um the many pawns on the chessboard mm-hmm. right now that's being moved around to make yeah, to make headlines because his his name is a hot is a hot button topic every time he, something you hear about him because he's he's gotten in trouble so much on the off field on the off uh season off the field but people know that he's super talented so that's why people care at the end of the day because he's super talented but he just can't get right um i was i was close to putting in the instagram group message uh the when we uh re-signed him i was gonna send the picture to the group message i don't know whatever the, whatever juice he on man he, he need to stop that shit because that motherfucker is on some real some some real ass hgh because his damn bicep was bigger than damn one third of the whole photo. I was like, bro, what the hell? This nigga arm big as hell, bro. Like he he, he ain't even hiding that he on that damn juice. Crazy. He ain't even hiding that shit. I was really about to send it to y'all, dog. Like I was like, bro, this but, motherfucker is juicing. But bro, yeah, he's fucking yo. It's really they 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 really are like the pawns on the chessboard because I'm looking at certain other plays like out of nowhere, Jaguars let go of Leonard Fournette, and guess what happens? He, go to the Buccaneers. he goes right to the fucking Buccaneers. It makes no sense. And, yeah, I'm like, and then, then all of a sudden, there's reports that the Saints might let go of uh, Alvin Kamara. I'm like, bro, which makes no sense. I'm like, why the fuck would they let go of him for? I mean, it don't make no fucking sense at all. It don't make no. Kamara don't need um not Kamara. Fournette don't even fit their offense. Kamara like literally fits the offense perfect. Like, there's some weird shit going on, you know, like, and all that shit, like. And I was I was just in there, you know, looking at the uh, I was looking at uh, I think NBC like regular TV or whatever, and they had a special with the Patriots. Like they had a special on like regular antenna TV with the Patriots or whatever. Yeah, talking about Fournette and Brady and and Gronk and you know you know they all came down there and got all this talent, whatever, whatever, and. I don't know. I just think it's fuck. It's fucking weird. Well, yeah. I don't know if you saw that picture, but there's a picture floating around with Belichick looking at Cam in practice, and it's like, it's like he knows, bro. He knows he's never had a quarterback like Cam before, ever. Oh, this. Oh, he yeah. Like this motherfucker Cam about like to get about love, four rings. Like he was in love, bro. Like he's like, bro. Like we got him literally for nothing. They literally yeah. gave him away for not shit. And he's like, he's playing for me now? Like, bro, yeah. I'm going to get him. He's going to lead us to the promised land. Watch. Yeah, Cam about to get a ring with the Patriots. At least one. I said, I know I said four just a minute. But I, 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 realistically, I think he's going to get at least one with the Patriots. Because if you look at what he's playing into, he's playing into his, his persona as a football player. You know, he's always won a championship on every level. And when he won his championship was as an underdog. Yeah. That's how this is playing right into Cam Newton's persona, you know, as the underdog. Nobody really respects him in a way for no reason. Um, you know, I respect him, but you know, the media doesn't respect him for no really no reason. Yeah, he's still a great player. He got shit on. He's the best player to really co- ever come through Carolina. Yeah, um, period. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I was. I would put him over. Yeah, I would. The only the person, I put him over Keekley, uh, Smith, all of Smith, Julius Peppers. All of them. I'll yeah. put them over all of them. Like when 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 Cam Newton was here, he, he transformed this whole area. Like this area that I, the Charlotte area is like it is with this swagger because of Cam Newton. I would give him that. And 
you know, with how that went, that was straight up disrespect. And yeah, you know, um, it goes along with his persona. I think it goes along with his with with his with how his career path has went. And you know, this motherfucker Belichick is about to get one more ring with ease. With this month, man, what? And then he, the, oh, and he's gone. Bro. He's gonna retire just like that. And he's gonna retire. And he's gonna retire. I mean, what's the point of Brady still playing though? We know he's not gonna win with the Buccaneers. Like New England versus Buccaneers in the in the damn championship. Wow. I mean, wow. What what if it ended up being New Eng- Tampa Tampa Bay versus New England in the Super Bowl? I, Super Bowl, dude. I I can see that too. I can see that because it. And the amount of like storylines the fucking media would have, but it'd be that it would be, be crazy. That they would be eating that up. Cause well, well, it's it's September six. I ain't gonna say that's an early prediction, but I'm gonna say that's gonna be crazy if that happened. <laughs> yeah, that that, that would be nuts for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, man, it's right around the season. Uh, right around. Football time is coming right around because, like, um, I saw on Fantasy, they about to do the first preseason game this upcoming week, the preseason game. So, yeah, it looks like everything is going according to schedule for the NFL. But we'll see once the players start to play again with with uh, CV and see how everything goes. But uh, in the NBA with the bubble – Seems like, according to them, they got it under control, you know, with those reports of having nobody tested positive for, like, a month or two and shit. And uh, the playoffs are going on right now. And it, I find it – I do find it – I, I do find it uh, intriguing to see that the best team in a regular season all of a sudden is down 3-1 in the semifinals. And that's the Milwaukee Bucks. And I find it even more uh, intriguing that their best player left the game with a right ankle sprain. And I find it even more intriguing that this upcoming year, he can enter free agency. And you want to know what's even more intriguing than that? One of the teams that people think he should go to and that will have the cap space is none other than the Miami Heat. So whose path is he following in? LeBron. I mean, like, it's it's literally the same shit LeBron did, bro. It's literally, except he hasn't went to a finals yet. Giannis hasn't went to a finals yet. But if you look at their stats, career stats, they've been doing this. They've been comparing them, like, with the, you know, they love doing those crazy-ass stats out of nowhere to compare players. They've been comparing Giannis and LeBron for a while now and saying how he compares, it's like very, it's very similar to LeBron in terms of his numbers and where he's at in his career. And this motherfucker's about to leave a small market like Milwaukee and go to Miami. Or he could go to Golden State and pull a KD and win a couple rings there. That's what I was going to add on with. I was going to say, I've been hearing people talking about him leaving, definitely leaving Milwaukee. I think he's going to leave Milwaukee. And go to either Miami or uh, Golden State. I've been mean, that Golden State sounds more intriguing to me than my than my. Uh, I say more 
than Miami. I think Miami though, bro. I think Miami has a good core around them. They got some. They got a damn good team. Yeah, they got some young players that they developing right now with like Tyler Hero, uh, Kendrick Nunn, Bam Adebayo. That dude has really improved like a motherfucker this year. Um, From Washington. Yeah. Yeah, and Jimmy uh, Butler, obviously, Jimmy Butler is a hard worker, and he's he's really one of the better two guards in the league right now. Uh, and we can't we can't sleep on Spolster. Spolster's still their coach, right? Yep, Spolster's still the coach. Oh, okay. So he know how to win. Um, so, hey, I mean, that's going to be interesting. But, I don't think he's going to be in Milwaukee. But here's the thing, though. Let me ask you, do you agree with this? Because there's a lot of debates about um, Giannis. Like, we know how talented he is and stuff, and I think he has Hall of Fame potential. I think he has top 10 of all time potential. I'll take even a step further. If he can get to the point of being a solid three-point shooter, like the average three-point shooter, I think, makes like 40% of their threes. If he could get around like 35 36% three-point range, and he's so dominant in the paint, he can go down potentially as the greatest player of all time. I'm not even bullshitting. I'm not even bullshitting. Who can, who can guard him? He And I don't care, you you Jordan fans, y'all can go cross somewhere else. I'm a big LeBron fan, but he's we've never seen a player like Giannis before, other than maybe like a Wilt Chamberlain, but there's not much footage on Wilt. Like, the way Giannis is, his his athleticism We've never seen nothing like that in modern basketball. Like, this dude is like, he's like 6'11 with like a 7'5 wingspan. And he can dribble the ball like a point guard, damn near. And he can run, he can run the, he can, he can play like a point forward like LeBron, except he's like two to three inches taller than LeBron. And he might be stronger than him. So it's like, we've never seen a player quite like him. But here's the thing I was going to ask you about Giannis because he's been getting a lot of criticism because uh, in his post-game press conference after that last loss or the the loss before that, um, so a reporter asked him, they were like, why didn't you guard uh, the, why didn't you guard, guard the Heat's best player, which is Jimmy Butler? And he pretty much just said, and I'm paraphrasing, he was like, uh, I do what the coach tells me to do. So, if he don't, if he wants me to guard him, I'll guard him. If he don't, he, I won't do it. I'll just try to do what needs to be done to win, you know, help my team. And people are like, come on, bro, Giannis, bro. We know you're a nice dude or whatever. You're from Europe. You know what I'm saying? You, you, but you're the reigning MVP. You're the defensive player of the year. You got to be more of an alpha than that. That sounds beta as fuck. Like, I do whatever he tell me to do. Like, come on, bro. Like, you know how do you know how good you are? Like, bro. Like, what the fuck? Like, he sounds like he's the coach's bitch to an extent. And uh, Coach Budenholzer, Poser. I tell you what, they don't make the the uh, finals, which it doesn't look like they are. He's gonna get fired. They're gonna get rid of him because Giannis is leaving. Um, and two. There was another uh, uh, a tweet from Richard Jefferson. He was saying he thinks Giannis is like more like a Scottie Pippen than a Michael Jordan, and he needs a Michael Ooh. Jordan around him. That's what I wanted to ask you about because I, the more I think about it, I kind of agree to an extent, but then I don't because you know how people say he's like a modern day Shaq. That's what kind of that's what Giannis really is. 
but he needs like a Kobe. He needs like another player. And Chris Middleton is good, but he's not that great. I mean, he's he's good, but he's not that level of a player that Giannis needs. If he went to Golden State, obviously he would have Curry and he would have Clay. He would have Draymond to help as well. So he would have everything. You know, he would have a Jimmy Butler in Miami and shit. Or people were saying he could go to Dallas. He was fucking Luka. Luka is amazing. And for Zingas, like, bruh, that'd be crazy. But let me ask you that. Do you think he's more of like a Scottie Pippen or a Michael Jordan? I still think he's more like a, um, when it comes to running a team, like a Michael Jordan, but like more like in the sense of like a point forward. Um, cause I still think he's young. I just think he's, I mean, it's really good teams and I, I think he's more of a detriment to the system that he's in because I think if like, I, I he guess still can't, he, can't, knows, he still can't shoot. Like he still cannot shoot the ball. Like he's not, but like he, he just, it's like he get nervous or some shit when he get the ball, he just tried to drive and they had, they put like two or three people on him. But I think the system that he's in, though, so, for example, like, I think the system that he's in, Bruno's system is kind of similar to Steve Kerr's system in Golden State. The difference is it would be the positioning and, like, you know, more intricacies and stuff. Um, I think Bruno's um, system puts his all on Giannis. Um, and I see. in a way, like, it, it, I don't even think it would matter if they got more talent. Like, it doesn't really matter because, like, if you look at how they play, look at how they play. Like, they got Brooke Lopez. They got, like, all their big man and shit, like, at the three-point line. Like, I mean, it's just weird. It's, it's not necessarily set up. It's set up to where it's, like, Giannis or die, basically. Yeah. And, and, and all, I don't, he, all he does is go to the paint. Literally. Yeah, and he if he misses Brook Lopez or whatever is at the fucking three point line, he can't get a re- they can't get a rebound. Yeah, so it's like it's like Giannis or die. So they're like it's it's they're like overworking him, kind of like how they're doing James Harden in Houston. Um, well, here's the thing though, bro. Like it's like I look at Giannis like okay, how you said him going to the Warriors like that would be exciting to see. I think it would be exciting to see, but if we're gonna compare. Him going to the Warriors versus KD, they got similar frame. Well, okay, no, nah, I'm not going to say they got similar frame. They got similar probably wingspans. But KD is so much more of a prolific offensive threat than Giannis is in terms of what he can do on the offensive side of the ball. Giannis, we know what Giannis is going to do. He's just going to go into the paint and he'll dominate. But he's going to have better yeah. shooters around him if he goes to the Warriors. But I think that's a detriment to him because KD, when KD went there, KD can go, he can shoot he's from a, half court. Like, he's a shooter. Yeah, he's a shooter too. He can drive when he needs to, but Giannis relies so heavily on driving. When they take that away from him, what is there left? What what else yeah. is there for yeah. him to do? Like, just go stand, you know, just pass the ball and go stand in the corner or some shit, even though he's not a shooter. So I personally think he should just stay in Milwaukee and just and fight that shit out because I think that he has he's a generational talent. Like we haven't seen this type of talent since Chamberlain. Like I think he's more talented than Shaq, honestly. Like oh yeah, I think he's oh, yeah, more talented than Shaq. I agree because I think the Shaq was just physically more gifted than anybody that we've seen since probably Chamberlain. We might not ever you see know? another player as dominant as Shaq. Like, yeah, like Shaq was just physically he, he he was able to come in at a time where it was hard to be 
physically dominant, people, and he was physically dominant. People look at Shaq today as, you know, like, funny and shit, you know, because he's like an analyst on TV, be making fun of his voice and stuff because he do a lot of goofy stuff. But Shaq, when he was in the league and when he was in shape, like, there was nobody that could stop him. He was literally fucking breaking the backboards in the games, like, College too. Co- he was something different, bro. Like this motherfucker was breaking, like the he was shattering the backboards. I'm like the amount of power you got to have to do that is something else. Giannis ain't even doing that. That's a powerful motherfucker. Like yeah, yeah. I don't think we might yeah. never we might never see another player like Shaq like come into the league and be su- and be successful the way the game is. Like Giannis doesn't even fit in today's game. Cause he doesn't, he can't shoot, but he's so but dominant. He's, he's, he's so dominant at yeah. driving to the paint. Like, yeah, yeah. He's just got to evolve on. He's got to evolve on that, or, his shooter, or he's got to. His shooting form is ugly too. Like, it looks like he. For, yeah. It looks like he forces the ball out when he's like shooting from like the three. And there is a video by uh, B Ball Breakdown that YouTube channel where he literally breaks yeah. down how Giannis used to shoot when he first came into the league, and it's like he shot. It looked more fluid, his shot, but I guess he got another shooting coach and they told him to adjust his shot and it just looks fucking, it looks awful most of the time. They fucked him up because he's not, he's not staying with his, with his natural form. He's, he's trying a, a new form that somebody's telling him to try, which you can't do with basketball. Like, you got to just, it's kind of, a lot of that shit's got to be natural, especially your shooting. And, you know... I think what's going to help his career, honestly, is to not try to have it. Like, I think we, like, I don't even, I'm not going to say they shouldn't try to have a shot, but they should try to just acquire the the pieces to complement these players, man. Because for us to ask for Giannis to have a, you know, a shot like Curry is crazy, dude. Think yeah. about it. That shit's crazy. Like, we should never expect Giannis to have a three ball. We should never really expect Simmons to have a three ball. Like, yeah, they just can't shoot. They can't shoot. Like, they can't shoot. But they said they said that Simmons went to a therapist to like to try to see if it was a mental thing as to why he wouldn't shoot threes. Like, and but I, but it, I feel like it fucks their overall game yeah, up though. It's, Listen, it's sort of like NFL. How we say they they try to make like a Lamar Jackson conform or some shit like or Cam Newton mm-hmm. he's more of a scrambling quarterback he's not a pocket passer like that I mean he can pass he can sit in the pocket when he needs to him he can make deep passes but he's a scrambler at the end of the day you gotta let him be like you can't try to make him conform to what you think is what that uh, football should be or what you think basketball should be. You gotta let him just be him at the end of the day, and you will you will find success, but you gotta be patient about it. So I'll say this: I'm gonna add this because this thought just popped in my head thinking about the Houston Rockets and them having the small lineup with Ben Simmons. Do you think he? Do you think that the Seventy uh, Sixers should just go ahead and trade Embiid and just run the whole offense and the whole team through Ben Simmons? Because I mean, why couldn't they have him to be the tallest player in the starting lineup? And they just compliment Ben Simmons and let him play in the paint. The thing and trade off and be. Well, here's the thing, bro. It's like Simmons is a great. He's a great defensive player, um, and he he finished like third in voting, I think, for defensive player of the year, or fourth behind uh, AD, 
Gobert, and then it was uh, Simmons. But I don't know if he has that the body type to to play center. Like he's more he's he's got more of like a slender build. Like of course, yeah, he's six ten, and he's he's really a point guard that's playing for he's a point forward like Magic. But he I don't know if he could hang in there in the paint with some of these centers that play. But then again. If you got centers like that are the game is changing with like Brooke Lopez, the fucking centers are shooting threes all the time, or Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe he don't need to be in the paint like that and bang bodies with them, you know, for rebounds and shit. Because they're all out on the paint, the perimeter. So maybe that could work. Maybe that could work. They could play him at the center position and he could run the offense, bring the ball up the court. But again, bro, Embiid is so fucking good, bro. I don't know if I would trade him bro he was still they lost the first round yeah they got swept but Embiid was fucking balling you can go look at his stats I mean I, I don't they think, gotta get one of them out of there man I don't see dude that, that's a t- that's tough bro cause it's like eat both of them I think both of them will be crucial parts to a championship team um, I agree. I just don't think I think it's detrimental having them both in, a, in on your team and you're starting lineup, man. I, I think it's just too detrimental, man. Like I really think that I, I don't think they can ever do anything. I don't think they would be able to come out of the, of the Eastern Conference Finals with him and with Ben Simmons and Embiid together. The thing is, is do you want potential or do you want experience? Uh, because Embiid. It seems like Embiid. We we see what Embiid is at his at his peak. He's a superstar. He's a top five yeah. player. He's a top five player in the league at his peak. Yeah, when he's healthy, yeah, he's unstoppable. When he's healthy, yeah, he's great. He's in, he's very he's great. But would you would you want that over a, a Ben Simmons that he hasn't even scratched the surface of how good he can be? Like a six ten, you got. The, I mean, like the game is changing. Like we got to go back. I mean, I don't think people understand how crazy it was to have Magic Johnson as a point guard. Like, go back and look at his highlights. This dude was six nine, and look how he controlled the offense. Like, I, I mean, it was some of the passes he did were fucking crazy. Like, I'm like, bro, like how I'll be looking at that shit. I'm like, bro, how did he he pull that off in a game? Like some of the shit he was doing. Um, that, that's true. I just, I just think now though, it's easier to guard somebody like Ben Simmons. Like it's easier because it's, yeah. it's, it's positionless basketball overall. So like, yeah, that's true. okay, that's true. Ben Simmons might dominate the league as being a six eight, six nine, six ten point guard or whatever. I don't know what is he six ten. I think he's six. I think he's officially like six ten. Yeah. I thought, I thought, yeah, because he was like a power forward basically in college. Um. So like a six ten point guard, but like really, if you really look at the at the grand scheme of everything, okay, yeah, he might dominate most of the league. But what is he going to do against Giannis? What is he going to do against LeBron? What is he going to do against the Clippers? What is he gonna, really going to like? You, you can you yeah, can you beat could, that. Yeah, but. he's six ten, but if you put somebody like Kawhi a Kawhi on him, he would shut him down. I think. Yeah, yeah. So and he ain't proven shit, but like when when Embiid is on, when Embiid is on, Giannis can't even really fuck with him like that. Yeah, like true. When Embiid is on, like Embiid is 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 on. So I, I don't think that you can have both of them on your team. But I think with the current climate of the NBA, it'd be easier to trade off Simmons to get another like shooter. You can trade him 
and get like Middleton or some shit. Yeah. To be real, because you know, I think having Middleton with Embiid would be better than having Simmons with like Giannis. Like or something like you know what I mean? Like get another shooter or facilitator for Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. Um honestly, if I if it was up to me and I had to trade one, it would be Embiid. Because I feel like Simmons hasn't scratched the peak of how good he can be. And I feel like it's more important for today's game to have a facilitator uh, compared to somebody that's more of a back-to-basket player. Even though Embiid has shown that he can shoot from deep, he doesn't do it consistently. Um, and he's injury-prone. That's another thing with Embiid. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's understandable. So, yeah, if I had to choose one, I would trade Embiid over uh, Simmons. But um, you know, I I don't think you can go wrong with it. I just I just personally think you know Embiid he's he's proven a, a little bit, not enough. You know, he still hasn't shown, in my opinion, his full potential. I think it, it just would be easier to build around Embiid than Simmons because I don't think Simmons would have. I don't think he even has enough to like carry a team at all. Like even with him being a facilitator, I still don't think he would be clutch enough. Yeah. Period. Like I don't even think he has a clutch factor. Like yeah. you know, I, I don't. He hasn't shown enough to even be able to carry a team, in my opinion. Yeah, like but, I, he, he 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 hasn't proven anything to me, basically. Now, if they here's the thing with them though, like the seventy sixes, like it'd be better if we had like our a friend up here. Uh, we had like Dan up here because he's a huge seventy sixes fan. But I would say like, look at the Denver Nuggets, bro. Like the Denver Nuggets have. They, I don't know if you saw that. There was a game they played where they played tall ball. They look like mm. nobody under their nobody in their starting lineup was like shorter than like six eight and some shit. Like they had, mm. uh, they had like Jokic. They had Jokic running the fucking point guard. Jokic, he started as point guard, and they two. Let me let me see if I can find that lineup, bro. Because that that shit was it, crazy. They had like ball. They had ball ball. Was it is it ball ball? Ball ball is going to be. Mark my words, bro. Bobo is going to be something special, bro. This dude is nasty. He's another player. When we keep saying generational talent, this dude is again. He looked like Giannis. He looked like Giannis already, low key. He looks exactly like his dad. His dad, Manute Bo, except he's like, he's like, I think five inches shorter than his dad. But now, before you say anything, Manute Bo is 7-7. Fucking yeah. Bobo is 7-2, and he can fucking shoot the ball from, like, 30 feet out. Like, 30. And handle the ball. He can handle the ball All like that. a fucking a guard, bro. And he's 7-2. Like, he has a crazy wingspan. Like, it, I mean, dude, he looks like Slenderman playing basketball. Like, it, it, it's crazy, bro. The poten- like, I think the Nuggets are a team that's going to be something special. Like coming up in these next couple of years, I think the Nugget Jamal Murray has emerged like as a fucking he's borderline su- at superstar level. Like the way he was playing in that first round, him and uh Donovan Mitchell, the way they were going back and forth, bruh. That that hey bruh, that Nuggets team is gonna be something special to see coming forward. Um, but let me see if I can tall ball Nuggets lineup. Oh, they got because they got um they got Michael Porter Jr., who's literally like a fucking KD clone. Like he's like six nine, six ten, 
He plays like the small forward position. Um, but he can shoot like he's his offensive game is on another fucking level. And it, it's really it's really impressive, bro. Like the the talent that they got in uh at in Denver. Um, okay, but here it is right here. So they played a fucking lineup. Now, this is a crazy lineup. Tall ball. Jokic listed at like um I think he's listed at like 6'11. Uh they had Jeremy Grant, who's the shortest player. No, Jeremy Grant was the second shortest at 6'8. Bobo was the small forward at 7'2. Paul Millsop was uh power forward at 6'7. And then you got um Mason Plumley, who I think is around 6'10 or 6'11. And uh, yeah, like I said, they had Jokic playing the fucking point guard position. Now I don't know how long that could I don't know if that could last a long time having that type of lineup, but every once in a while having that lineup on the court will be something scary to see, I think. Um but the, but we seen the opposite though, small ball. That that shit's been working. Uh the I mean the Rockets just lost. It's one one against the Lakers. But they don't have nobody on their team, I think, taller than like six eight or six nine. And they're they're getting it done. It's, it's depending on if you can hit or miss. If you hit or miss, basically, that's the only thing about that small ball. If you hit, then you can't be beat. But if you miss, then you will get demolished. And that's how that's just how that small ball works. Yeah, yeah. But um, but what I was going to say with the Nuggets comparing them to the Seventy Sixers, if they weren't, if they don't end up trading either one of them, like Jokic, if they, I mean, not Jokic, but they don't end up trading like Embiid. What they could do is they could try to add some taller pieces, like some stretch bigs, to the lineup because they already got a, a, a supersized point guard in Simmons, and Bead is like seven feet. They could add like a a fucking stretch big, at like the, that could play the small four or the the four, at like maybe he's around six ten, six eleven and can shoot from outside, but can still uh, not get bodied in the paint, they can add him to the lineup to take pressure off of Simmons and Embiid having to score. So a, a third a, a third option. They got Tobias Harris, but he hasn't really shown up. Um, they got pieces that can play 3 and D people like Josh Richardson and stuff, but I don't think it's enough. But yeah, that that's something I I think they could do, cause uh, I think having a tall lineup on paper, you're like, oh shit, this is cool, you know, to see like a fucking damn near seven foot player uh, running the offense. But can it can they can that last? I don't know. You know, I don't know. Over the course of a season, I don't know if that could last. True. Yeah. So I think we. I think the big thing is this is uh, showing how extensive position this basketball can be because I think it's all position this basketball, which is beautiful to me. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, if you, I mean, if you didn't have any, if you didn't have nothing else to say, I think, I think we got a lot. We talked about a lot, you know, just freestyle this episode, but, um, yeah, was there anything yeah, else? I mean, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? 
I'm not really, you know, so, uh, you know, we change the tempo up a little bit with this one. So, you know, I think, I think we, we, we all right. I'm good. I'm about to drink a couple more, more brews, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Get the week started, you know. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with what I had, what I said. All right. Um, well, as always, <clears throat> As always, if you if you liked what you heard, if you didn't like it, you know, thanks for listening. You know what I'm saying? Because that 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 counts as a play. Um, but if you like what you heard specifically, you know, you can give us a follow. Give us a follow on uh, our SoundCloud page at Divine Council Podcast, or you could uh, follow us on Twitter at Podcast Divine. Or you could also follow us on our Instagram at Divine Council Podcast, and uh, you know, give us a give us a review, uh, a five star rating uh, on Apple Podcasts. That that helps with uh, visibility and the algorithm. Um, we're available on pretty much all the major streaming platforms: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts. Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and many others. So whenever you want to listen, we will uh, we should be up there. You know, whatever platform you're using, and uh, yeah, you know, just uh, keep pushing. Like always, we're gonna keep uh, bringing content and just continue to be positive and moving forward. And uh, yeah. Last time I didn't leave the listeners with a quote because we were running out of time on the app that we use. But uh, this time I got time to to put a quote in. So I think for this quote, this quote will be about strength. And let me find a quote about strength. Okay, I think this is a good one right here. This uh and this quote is by C Joy Bell C. And the quote is Don't be afraid of your fears. They're not there to scare you. They're there to let you know that something is worth is worth it. End quote. And until next time, we are out. Peace.